If you really love Non-Corporate Girls podcast, make sure you join our private community on Zippy Stream. This is how you can get our latest updates, special offers, and check out bonus content all free. Whatever platform you're using to listen, click the Zippy Stream link in the bio, then share with a friend so they can join too. If you already have a podcast, hello, why not start your own private community on Zippy Stream? Use our promo code Non-Corporate Girls and we will both receive seven days of free marketing and promotion worth over $50. That's a win-win. Again, use our promo code Non-Corporate Girls and we will both receive seven days of free marketing and promotion worth over $50. Hey everyone, I'm Ayana. And I'm Delilah. We are the Non-Corporate Girls. We're the 9 to 5 and 5 to 9 me. Our podcast is a digital diary where we share our journey of being corporate professionals and entrepreneurs for the doers, creators, and believers. So are you non-corporate? Tune into the next episode. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Non-Corporate Girls. Women Grow, Cultivating Cannabis Leaders with the Dank Duchess. And so let me introduce her all to you. The Dank Duchess is an international hashish consultant, cannabis cultivator, and public speaker using all available media to achieve her mission to help spread cannabis and psychedelic wellness awareness globally. With 18 years of cultivation experience to her credit and trained by hash master Frenchie Cannoli, she has dedicated the last six and a half years to educating hundreds of thousands of people via print, film, and social media about high-quality cannabis and hashish. Formerly the managing editor of Skunk Magazine, dozens of her hash stories and hash tutorials have appeared in many of the publications that you know today, such as Weed World Italia, Cannabis Now, Skunk Magazine, and Eat Rosenthal's Books. And today we have the honor of having her on On Corporate Girls join us. Yay, I'm so excited. Yes, this has been a long time in the planning. I mean, like this show, I'm so, you know, y'all been doing this, rocking this show for obviously 97 episodes. So, congrats to y'all for Thank real. You. Thank you. That means the world because you already know how hard it is. <laughs> I, it's, I know it's so hard. And I've been saying that I want to get my home pet podcast situation together for like a couple years now. And you've been doing it. So, I'm always proud of you. Yes, thank you. So before we even jump into a positive note, just a quick fun fact that um, it's an honor for me to have the Dank Duchess in my world because we're like family and we grew up together and it's Mm -hmm. just a special thing. (laughs) Yeah, it is a special thing. I feel like as I am, as I was telling, you know, like I told you, I told everybody I was going to be in. I was like, I'm going to be on Yanni's um, podcast today. My mother was just like, oh, really? Tell her and her mother I said hi. <laughs> first of all, why do you guys both have the same voice, first of all? <laughs> like, I'm Brooklyn Panamanian. What you trying to say? Is, is this, is like I'm speaking to Ayana. And the fact <laughs> that you said Yanni, I know your family because yeah. everybody who's fan calls her Yanni. Yo, for real. Oh my God. I have a story about that, but that's a later topic. Anyway, (laughs) so we like to start each episode with a positive note. So Mm -hmm. Duchess, what is your positive note for the day or the week? 
What is my positive note for the day of the week? Um, vulnerability. Uh, yesterday, I was on Clubhouse and I, I, girl, I don't even know what I was thinking, but I admitted on Clubhouse in this huge room how I feel like I obviously have talent and I know my craft, but I really wish I could be a a lot better about business. And like a hundred people in this room just like poured into me so hardcore, like being yeah. encouraging and then told me these books. Cause I asked, I was like, look, I know I have a mindset that's a little bit off. And so what would you do in this situation? That's not imposter syndrome, but rather it's just a situation of like charging what you should be worth and blah, blah, blah. I mean, they poured into me so hardcore. I was actually in three rooms yesterday over the course of the day and everyone poured into me like, and that made me feel good. Cause you know me, I'm all about like, I'm definitely about doing it myself. I don't need anyone to know that I'm struggling on anything. And that's just not the way to get to the top, at least without, you know, and, and stay at the top. That's just not the way. And for some reason, I just decided to be all vulnerable. My voice is cracking and everything. And these strangers, like, I, I'm girl in front of Yo, everybody. Clubhouse can definitely in front of everybody. If you're in the right room, it, it could get like that. Yeah, yeah, it man. definitely breaks. It can break you down. Yeah. I was like, I was admitting all kinds of things. I was like, and I see all these mediocre people making money. And I know that I like taught them. And I was like, oh God, who, who is this Oh person? my God, but why do you sound like me and Ayana? I know that'd be our, that'd be like our gripe all the time, all the time. Yeah, yeah, for real. But that was just a big thing, being vulnerable. And then afterwards, I felt like, you know what, if I could put myself in a position to be vulnerable and be open like that, that people could, you know, susu behind my back and everything. Oh, Duchess seemed like she got it together, but look, she falling apart. But I felt really good afterwards. I felt like a, a better person, a better version of myself, not, uh, you know, just being open, you know, about that. I don't understand how to monetize on, on Clubhouse. I don't understand how to monetize a whole bunch of things. At the end of the day, me and like what I do has never, ever been about the money. I love, and I'm not someone saying that as like, I'm trying to live in a hovel. I mean, I lived in South Beach before this, but, um, it hasn't. It's about like spreading that wellness because we all have that opportunity to learn about, to take care of ourselves, whether it's with cannabis or sacred plants, you know, um, whatever it is, we have that right to take care of ourselves. And I feel like my mission is to help do that as much as possible. I figure the blessings will come as they come. I love I love that. And I love that you shared that because one of the most common myths about like being an entrepreneur is not needing help and that you can do it all yourself. And we all know that that is not how you rise to the top at all. You need a network. Like you literally need help. Yeah. I mean, I've come to you about that situation <laughs> several times about that, but you know, one step at a time, one step right. at a time. Baby steps. Mm -hmm. All right. So speaking of baby steps, we're going to get into this because this has been a hot topic among all of us. Like we're always talking about like cannabis and things like that. And there are so many people who don't know a lot of things about it. So mm -hmm. for people who don't know the difference between marijuana and hash, can you explain how both fit under the cannabis umbrella? Yes. Oh, sure. sure. Cannabis. <laughs> I mean, cannabis is just the Latin name of the plant, cannabis sativa. You know what I'm saying? So what we call marijuana, you know, bud, weed, ganja, all that, that's just the, 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 the bud part of the plant, literally the flower part of the plant. And we even call that flower. Hash is 
all is the accumulation of all the resin on the plant. And what the resin is, is when you touch weed and it's the stickiness that literally are, are called trichomes. And those are just sacks of fluid that have all the cannabinoids, the THC, you hear about the CBD, the CBV, all these other cannabinoids you're hearing about. All of that is in the resin. So as a hash maker, my job is to collect all of that resin off of the flower and get rid of the flower and just concentrate the resin. And that's what I do. So that's why it's called cannabis concentrates. Got it. So it literally peels off. Like it's like you can peel it. Oh, no, it doesn't peel off. Okay. So, um, you know, without being super, super technical. It is, if you can imagine, oh my God, this is like the worst. The the funniest thing that, that I can tell you to imagine is like the worst. But if you imagined the Corona, the what Corona looks like, like it has all those balls around it, uh-huh. You can imagine Bud being like that. And what I'm trying to do is use ice and water to knock all those little clusters off. Got it. So it's I, I love that this was your like example, I'm though. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh, my God, this is the worst. But we've seen the corona molecules so often that you can imagine that. It's like, yes, you're so right. It's embedded in my brain. <laughs> Oh my God, this is too much. Okay, thank you. So that's a clear foundation of like what the difference is. Mm -hmm. So for as far back as I've known you, you've been a cannabis connoisseur, like literally like you know everything there is to know. And you've also had quite a journey up to this point. Yes. So can you share with us a little bit about that? And how were you able to not only become an entrepreneur in this space, but a woman of color entrepreneur in this space? Okay, well, uh, so, you know, Really, just briefly, I was definitely a believer in Nancy Reagan's say no to drugs. So I didn't smoke any cannabis all through high school, all through college. Cannabis, you know, (laughs) there was no weed for me. I did get this new boyfriend who was really into smoking cannabis. And I really gave him a lot of, uh, I griped at him for two straight years about it. Until one day, literally, the cannabis just screamed at me to try it. It was out of, it was out of this world. And I tried it, immediately did some calculus, realized that they had lied and um, wanted to explore as much as I could explore with cannabis. Me being who I am, Yana, I, of course, was super extreme. So within three months, I had like used all my money. (laughs) I was definitely living beyond my means. And I had to realize I needed to grow the cannabis in order to be able to to keep up. And and, I mean, now that I had seen behind the veil, so to speak, I really wanted to experience everything having to do with some cannabis. So I started growing weed in Florida, which said, you know, it was a lot of paranoia. I was very, very nervous about it. I did it for 10 years in three different apartments, all somehow connected to the cops. So that was its own situation. My next door neighbor, yeah, my first apartment, my next door neighbor, officer friendly. I mean, dude was so freaking friendly. Um, He was just always wanting to be over in our patio. And I'm just like, I'm just just trying to smoke some weed. Please go away. So that one... The second apartment, you've been to our second apartment that was down the, the down the block from the police station. My third apartment also still down the block from the police station. So what was happening is that I was living this double life, really. Like um, very, very few people knew I had something to do with cannabis. Definitely they didn't know I was growing cannabis. And the other side of my life was dealing with my sorority, dealing with like politicians, dealing with my business. And I kept those super, super 
separate, but that living two lives is kind of driving me crazy. And um, after in 2014, after my husband and I lost this huge contract. We had a, a massage company and we lost this huge contract and a year of being like super depressed. I just decided I needed to just do something really different. And um, cannabis had become legal in Colorado and in Washington in 2012. And in 2013, in the midst of my depression, um, we went out to Colorado to see the first uh, legal cannabis cup on US soil and it was just a it was just a huge mind turnaround for me because in Miami I had smoked with a total of maybe 10 people at any given time when I went out to Colorado it was 80,000 people my mind was blown I was like oh my gosh you know I'm obviously living a great life in South Beach it's fun in the sun the beaches are great but cannabis was just so hidden like we could talk much more about coke than you could talk about cannabis at that time so my husband and I just decided to move across the country just like that. We just moved across the country in 2014 over here to California, just figuring we'd be able to grow more cannabis. And I wanted to get involved with media. I mean, I knew that I wanted to get involved with media because, you know, speaking to your question, not only did I find that cannabis itself was not being represented very well, I felt that um, that women of color and people of color, especially were just not being represented very well, if at all, within the cannabis industry. So I felt like, you know, I could bring a, a different perspective, a different class of writing ability uh, to the table. Now, mind you, I didn't know anyone, but I figured that I could make something happen. And really, as soon as I got here, actually, I had another one of these life-changing events where I got here, I found an apartment, got my license, got my medical marijuana card and everything, and went out to a cup where I was doing dabs. And just as a aside, so ha I'm a hash maker. I'm a solventless hash maker right now. However, back in 2014, most people who were doing anything with concentrates were definitely dealing with solvents. So that was like, that's BHO, butane hash oil. And that's those things like crumble and shatter and anything that looks concentrated and is like really yellow is generally going to be made out of solvents, right? So I was, ex I was into that and taking what's called dabs all over the place. And I ended up at a booth that was very beautiful and well-appointed. And I expected to see all these dabs and, Unfortunately, there was just nothing but chocolate there. And you know, Yana, I don't like chocolate. So I was kind of pissed off. I like, turned around. I was like, I don't even have any dabs here. And this little French man goes, this is not chocolate. This is hashish. I said, well, can you dab it? He said, but of course, so I dabbed it. And I was like, I right, bet, you know, I was on my way. Went back to Miami, ended up moving a week later. And then I tried to find a job in the cannabis industry and I didn't have an issue. It wasn't about my color, you know, it wasn't anything like that. I was trying to be a bud tender, but I couldn't find a job because being a bud tender is practically within the retail space or the commercial space, the lowest job that you could get. But my resume included the fact that I own a massage company that serviced Beyonce. So no one was trying to no one was trying to hire me. They're like, you're not going to be here. And I was like, I do. I want this job so badly. And I was really dejected and I was burning through a whole bunch of money. And I'm going to say that I was definitely privileged because we had some money saved up from 
being in South Beach and I mean, you know, doing our massage thing and we had some money from family. So we had a situation that not many people have where we could afford for a couple months to burn through money, but I still needed to find something. And I went to another conference and I'm going to tell you conferences have been like my saving grace through this through my seven years in the industry. But I went to another conference and I saw someone wearing a shirt that the little French man was wearing. And then I was just like, where's that guy? I remember him being older and then me being, me feeling so old at 35, me being older. I was just like, he will feel my pain. These little young 19 year olds aren't feeling me. And, um, I found him and he was fussing at somebody about resin, zivazin, and I was like, this guy is so intense. I need to get to know him. And, you know, it really was, I asked him for coffee. A couple days later, we had coffee, found out we were both web designers in the 90s. And then he went on to do uh, like purse design and I went to do landscape design in in grad school. And we had a lot of things in common. So he says to me a couple days later, you know, um, how would you like to write for Weed World magazine about hashish? I was like, oh yeah, I'll I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that. And on full well, I didn't know anything about hash. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say, like you were literally studying from the bottom, so you didn't know anything. Girl, girl, I called it chocolate. What what, what did I know? You know what I'm saying? So I was just like, I was like, yep, yep, I'm gonna do that. And then as soon as I could, I contacted my therapist in Miami. I was like, oh my gosh, I've dug myself into a hole. I sure told this man I was gonna write about hash for a magazine. I don't know anything about hash. He's like, well, smoke more hash. I was like, my therapist told me to smoke more hash. This is the answer. I thought I was getting away scot-free on this one. I'm going to be high as a kite. It's going to be great. Then this little French man, who, by the way, turns out to be Frenchy Cannoli, says to me, "Um, in order to write about hash with any authority, I need to learn how to make it. Now I'm kind of pissed off because I really don't want to learn how to make hash. I'm trying to be a writer. I'm trying to, this is what I'm trying to do. But, you know, this, I had this opportunity in front of me. So I decided to do it. And girl, from that moment on, I was like, oh, this is what I do. I'm a hash maker. That, that's just literally it. I'm a, I'm a hash maker. So that was some September of 2014. I just fell in love with the process, all the little steps, the idea of making, being creative. You have to be particular and clean. And in a way, it's a competition. Like who can make the, the best looking stuff? And uh, from that moment, I really, I mean, I tripped up a lot. I definitely made mad mistakes. I used to make really, really crappy hash, like really bad hash. But I started- It's like a science to it, right? I mean, it's a science and an art. I mean, it's a science because- it's a science because there's certain parameters that you have to like fall within in order for it to work. It's a lot like baking. Um, and it's art because you put your own little- particular touch in it and I which you know by the way I call my my touch the Dutch touch um so I gratifying to see yours like I scroll through your page and it's it's gratifying that's like the best oh thank you well I've gotten better girl I've I've gotten better because I was real bad (laughs) but what I did do is every time I learned something, I passed it on using um, Instagram or YouTube or my website. Now, what was particular in the way I was blessed in this situation is that giving the opportunity to write about hash for the magazine for five years, I wrote about like every hash maker you could think of and learned their process along the way. So I have incorporated all of their processes into my particular process, the Dutch touch. And so I always say Frenchie gave me like the 80% foundation and then all the other big name hash makers who've been international award winners, they have all in 
informed my particular process. So I'm blessed in that way that I got to firsthand learn a lot from a lot of different types of people. So in, in just having my particular, I'm sorry for this long one, this story, but let me just wrap it up in my particular personality of like, okay, I like to travel. I like to party, you know, I love to party and, um, I like to work hard. That has taken me all over the place, specifically Barcelona several times. I mean, I call that my second home because I've been to Barcelona nine times. And it's, and it's like, anyway. you need to just live there at this point. I mean, I just love it so, so much. And I, I love it so much because of the hash. I love it for it being a different culture, the international aspects of it, um, all the connections we make, all the bridges that we, we have had. And it's, it's been a phenomenal life. Now, as a woman of color, I will say that in the cannabis industry, in the cannabis, not only the cannabis industry, but in the part of the industry that I was involved in, that I am involved in concentrates, it's particularly male and white. It's particularly so, right? Okay. So I have for years been used to being the only in, in any given situation. And it's only now that I could say there may be more than 10 hash makers that are female and black. Maybe That's I mean, I'm stretching. I could maybe pull out five, you know, and, and I make a point of reaching out to anyone who I see online or I see has, you know, is being featured in something. If they're doing concentrates, I want to get to know them because it feels good to know that there are other people in the space who can feel you on some stuff. And, and race really didn't come into play so much until last year. Before then, it was more about me being a woman and and what we call bro science. Bro science in the cannabis industry is literally dudes just making up science from their bros, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that you gotta stand on one leg and then you harvest it this way and this is how you get to dank it, you know. That's bro science. Um and being a woman, you know, I, I was sometimes seen as an outsider, but as years went on within my career and people know who I am, I didn't really have to deal with that so much. However, last year after the George Floyd situation, you know, it became several white elephants in the room, no pun intended, about the racial disparities in cannabis and how the cannabis industry was taking a very lily white approach to that situation so i made a break with not that i was i sure wasn't uncle tom in anything but like i i wasn't particularly vocal about political things outside of the idea that cannabis is our rights and and uh being incarcerated for cannabis was a true crime but i really decided to start talking about some of our issues, not just in the cannabis industry, but rather the idea of allyship and people and tokenship and people choosing to care about issues when they want to only for this idea of virtual signaling and, and such like that. So that has taken, that's taken my career in a slightly different path in the sense that my uh, viewership has changed a lot from being young white male to being a little bit less so and much more uh, black and BIPOC female. And that makes me happy because I feel like I'm getting myself in front of the eyes of the people who need to understand that they have a place in this industry. And that, that, that was a lot. I feel like I learned so much. Like this is so, so very new to me. And you definitely covered one layer, which was like the acceptance of like, you know, um, the male dominated space and such. Mm -hmm. But how was it for your family and friends, um, learning of, 
you know, this direction you were taking, especially being like, you know, a Latino background, mm-hmm. um, the way they judge us on everything we do. Okay, well, so before I came out here, my family knew about uh, my focus on cannabis. I had been priming my mother for a couple of years uh, when a cousin of mine basically had gotten depressed and was taking medication for this and the medication for that. And now she's like on seven different different things. And I remember back in, I think it was 2012 when I was just like, one time, I was like, why doesn't she just try cannabis? And my mom was like dead silent. And then just continued on talking about basketball or something as if I hadn't said anything. And then when Sanjay Gupta, you know, the former uh, Surgeon General came out and he did his 60 minute special and he was talking all about cannabis in 2013, I got a phone call and it was like this, Chila, Chila, oh my God, Chila, did you check out the da 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 And I was just like, uh yeah <laughs> my mom suddenly became a convert you know where she wasn't going to be someone who's going to be um doing cannabis my mom was definitely like oh it's a it's a crime chila and i was just like um, jess that's right so me coming out here to do cannabis and me being as headstrong as i am and me being the type of person that's like that's wrong and and i'm gonna fight for that my family pretty much expected that was gonna be the case however that was not the case really with my friends i and and when i say friends predominantly i really had work friends who under who knew what i was doing and then like sorority friends and that ranged from younger people to like really really old people right and so i had left cal i had left for california not telling anybody anything it's not that i was ashamed but rather i didn't feel like i had the knowledge necessary to be able to defend my position other than this is the right thing to do like this is right cannabis is good for us and whatever so i came over here in 2014 and it wasn't until 2015 when an older member of my sorority, like she's in her 70s, was like, why'd you go over to California? And I didn't, I definitely didn't want to lie to this woman. And I told her it was about cannabis. And she's just like, I'm so glad to hear that because she had been diagnosed with MS and she wanted to talk about something. And she, she was in Florida. And, you know, Florida was at the time still a year off from voting in their medical uh licenses and whatever. So she didn't have anyone to talk to. And, but I kept it still on the deal, on the deal. But then a couple months later, I went over to Spain for a wedding and then maximizing my time in Spain, knowing that Spain had a cannabis um, industry of sorts. I reached out to several of their clubs to let them know that I was coming into town and I wanted to meet people and and such like that. And that experience was so heart opening. And I was like, this is definitely the path I should be on. There's no doubt about it. So I uh, we did an Airbnb. Airbnb one of the nights and I ended up in France at this beautiful beach called Hyundai and it was just just so ridiculously gorgeous I felt like this living two lives thing had to end right then so I took out my phone and I recorded a video and told everybody you know me and Nick we went out to California and let me tell you why so I cannabis and this is what cannabis is good for and I posted on my Facebook so I didn't go the route of like coming out of the green closet bit by bit but rather came out to everybody at the same time figured out right. you know you just like the, you just ripped the band-aid off just right there like let the chips fall where they may and with the exception of one person who has something to say one person everybody else was just like oh you go girl you go girl so then like i was really super empowered because i had already done it and now people were just like oh this is the best thing so um i have to say 
besides my own self-imposed um, guard over my mouth, I personally have not dealt with the the fear of this, not the fear of the stigma, because that's exactly what I had, but I haven't dealt with the repercussions of the stigma. And once I decided to open my mouth, I have just never shut it and it has been fantastic for me. It's like you, you like came into like, like it was like you, because you were strutting on like, or straddling two different worlds, you kind of like came into like your authenticity of who you really wanted to show up as you like merged them. 100%. And, and that has been something that I have been pulling at and tugging at in the last years, especially once I'm realizing that I'm a whole lot more, um, than just a hash instructor. Because I, you know, am I being focused on my, on my craft? I can really get like super, tunnel vision. And so for a couple of years, all I did was spread information about cannabis and hash. And I really wasn't too much injecting my own self into the situation. So I was never not authentic. However, I was very guarded. And in the last two years, I've been very transparent on online talking about my mental health challenges and ways I'm addressing things and you know, it's, it's been good. I gotta say it's pretty cathartic and it's, it's kind of scary. And I think I make myself do that partially because the DMS that I get from people who are very happy about someone living their life truthfully. And they tell me about how they get the courage to do things. That's great. And also it's uncomfortable to put yourself in a position where people might have something to say, but I think that makes me stronger. So a hundred percent. Wait, so let's talk about the whole mental health because, um, you know, obviously there are people who use cannabis for medical reasons, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Do you, how do you feel like that has helped you? Cause we're like, we all deal with like anxiety and things like that. You've mentioned depression a few times. Like mm-hmm. how has this helped you in your life? Oh, well, I mean, right off the top, I mean, that anxiety, girl, you know me, I will pile 8,000 things on one, on uh, several plates. And I'm like, I'm going to keep it together. No one's going to know that, you know, okay, that will, I'm 42. Shoot. I needed to address some things before I was 82 and in the crazy house. So I, um, anxiety has been a major thing for me. And I am not so much anymore, but I used to be really prone to anxiety attacks. And I got to say, people throw those words around and real anxiety attack feels really terrible, you know. And um, I actually figured out that I had anxiety, figured it out in the middle of a story. So let me just tell it real quick. So what happened was I... I needed to go to, let's say, let's say it's a Sunday and I have a flight back to New York, like at five o'clock and it's 12 o'clock and I want to be able to start writing about this piece of hash on the plane. So I have a couple of hours to have an experience, to jot down some things, make it back to the, to the airport and like get on my flight. I'm running late. Nick and I are having a big fight. It's mad traffic. I decided to go to a very, very difficult to park place, which is Golden Gate Park on a weekend, you know, and it's like nice and sunny and shit. I'm sorry. And I, um, and and I'm stressed out. I'm like stressed out. So I'm in the car and I'm trying to take dabs of this hash and trying to write down what I feel or taste or whatever. And, I, and I'm getting really frustrated and I'm, I'm practically crying. And then I, I decide maybe I need to take a walk and we're going to walk to like the highest point of this hill. And um, 
the thing about California is California is really slight on its guardrails. California feels like if you're going to like do something stupid and kill yourself, well, we have a lot of people. So we're walking along this, the side of a mountain on the side, that's the cliff side, you know, not on the side where the cars are. So we don't get hit by a car, but we're on the side that we could fall a thousand feet. Right. So I'm walking, I'm mad at Nick. I'm trying to figure out how my story is going to go, whatever. 15 minutes into the walk. I haven't killed myself as yet, but I notice, and I'm trying to like, I'm trying to feel my body because I'm, I need to write about this story. Right. And I notice I never get that elation that I'm trying to get. I'm, I'm, I'm not getting high, but for the first time, there's like dead silence in my head. Like really, sad. Like what? I was like, oh my god, I can, I hear nothing, and I said, oh, I might have an anxiety problem <laughs> because you know, uh, this is something else. You know, I'm taking little. I have a little pen with me, and I have put a little hash in it. I'm taking little re up hits and stuff, and I never got that elation. But man, was I calm and chill. I was like. What strain is this? This strain is blood wreck. The next year, don't you know that I definitely grew several plants of that because I need to address my anxiety so I can be my best self. My biggest thing is, so I have pretty bad ADD, um, my anxiety and depression that has been lingering since I was like little. It's like always always right around like yeah. at the edge of my glasses it's always there just waiting for a moment to be like oh i'm here again you know mm-hmm. um and cannabis has been phenomenal in allowing me to step back and see things with different perspectives phenomenal about that however however when i was going through some real stress with my marriage and stuff in 2017 and 2018 i started using cannabis very unhealthily I mean with no scruples and no just not consciously at all because I'm a hash maker because I'm a grower because I live in California there's definitely weed and hash everywhere and I was using it not to just address my anxiety but rather to tamp down all of my feelings of loss and grief about my marriage and and all that Excuse me. So I was really, really, I could tell you I was abusing it, right? Yeah. It was when I did a mushroom trip in January of 19. Yeah. January of 2019, I did a trip that so completely exposed the bullshit and like the lies that I was telling myself and how inexplicably lonely I was and how isolated I had made myself and how I was cheating the cannabis so disrespectfully that I immediately pulled back. I really, really pulled back and decided I needed to take a much uh, better approach. I started using much mushrooms much more, although I have, I have used mushrooms to see inside of my mind and, and really explore my psyche for the last maybe 17 years. It really is the last two years that I've been on a regular microdosing and macrodosing schedule so that I can um, toggle between the day-to-day activities that you would do on a microdosing that makes you much more focused. It really addresses ADD super well. Anxiety falls to the side. You feel like a million bucks. There's a reason why uh, all of Silicon Valley has been microdosing on LSD and, and psilocybin for a while. Now, macrodosing is for when you want to understand some big questions about yourself. And then the most recent time, 
I did a fairly large dose, a little over five grams, and that was a complete out-of-body experience. And that also gave me a different perspective about how minuscule my concerns really were in the grand scheme of things. So with regard to mental health, you know, depression and anxiety and and mood imbalances, all of these are imbalances of some sort. And cannabis, one of the things that makes cannabis what it is, is it's... um it's drive to bring you back to homeostasis, you know, right. that balance of all the parts of your body. And psilocybin does a, a very similar thing in a different way, but a very similar thing. So these are two things. And I would say three because cannabis and hashish, although hashish is derived of cannabis, it has a different effect on the mind. It's high concentration right. has a different effect. It has a tendency to be very focusing. Um, the high factor is much more, uh, but, but nothing is better than something else. Like there are times when cannabis is ideal for me. There are times where hash is ideal for me. And there are times when mushrooms are ideal for me. Dude, I feel like you, do you do a course on this? Like, I feel like we, like we need a course. <laughs> I, I mean, I'll be real honest again, back with this whole thing where I was like freaking out yesterday about how I'm just like terrible at business or something. Today, I was thinking about the fact that it'd be, I think I could pretty easily, not even easily, not, not to make myself think it has to be hard, but I can pretty thoroughly uh, do a bit of a course about how we can address living our life more thoroughly and more with more truth uh, with cannabis, hashish, and psychedelics. You know, I was doing my Mary Jane meditations for a while. I'm trying to bring those back also, but that has, that has been its own issue with regard to not exactly an imposter syndrome, though I guess that more so than anything else, because it comes comes down to sometimes why would anyone want to hear this like why would anyone want to listen to me you know type thing and so then I'll go months without doing them and I'll feel compelled and then people are like oh my god you brought it back thank you for that bit of wisdom and I don't I don't fake to be super wise at 42 girl I mean I'm making so many mistakes that is like I feel like I'm making more mistakes than not but I do feel that my choice to live as freely as possible and that means not really um not conforming to anyone's ideas other than what occurs in my mind. I know I have intelligence. I have some experience and a, a bit of common sense. And with the insights provided via uh, cannabis, hashish, and psychedelics, I may know a little, a couple things. I might know a couple things. So to answer your question, I'm thinking about it. Why, you want to help me with it? Shoot, sure. I could use some help. I'm sure that Ayana could get you organized. <laughs> I know, right? That girl is, she's just like, and then you do it like this. And then, then you, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I feel mean. I feel like me and Delilah right now are blown or blown. But so let's talk a little bit about investments because as we all, as we've been talking about, you know, there's been an upward trend of people of color in the cannabis space or really just like being highlighted more. There's been an upward trend of investment opportunities as well. So have you invested anything in the cannabis industry yet? And if you have, what are some tips you have for people? Oh, I'm not going to steer y'all down the wrong path with that. I really would like literally push you to some people. Like I have a sorority sister named the Ivy Investor. She deals a lot with cannabis stocks and she building her deals a lot with cannabis stocks. I don't really deal. I, I, I haven't been involved with cannabis stocks right now. They are Cannabis stocks are really based on 
uh, these MSOs, multi-state operators, that so much is shaking out right now that I wouldn't necessarily suggest that people throw all their money into stocks while while everything is shaking out. What I would suggest, however, in terms of investing and our economic empowerment is finding people who are established within the industry already and invest in them. I feel like people, you know, micro loans and micro investments will go far. You wouldn't believe how many people will do great, better with an extra thousand or two thousand dollars so they can up this machinery or get this marketing out. So I really would suggest at this time, I mean, I'm saying, but, you know, you can look into some people who really are heavy into cannabis stocks, but I would suggest that people invest in people rather than stocks right now. I love that. Me too. Thank you for the honesty because, you know, some people don't like to admit when they don't know what they don't know. Oh, no. I'm not going to say you're wrong. What you need to go with, nah. <laughs> right, right. Like, you know what? where's your lane. Yeah, I do know where's my lane for sure. Mm-hmm. Cool. So we had um, a question from a listener, and this kind of goes into the health benefits of marijuana, or you let us know if, if this may be false. Mm-hmm. But someone mentioned, well, asked, what is the best cannabis for menstrual cramps? I heard it's effective. Oh, it's definite. Well, I mean, strain type is really irrelevant. Like me saying strain type is irrelevant for you because it might be different things for you. However, I will suggest that vaginal suppositories are the way to go. Wow. Vaginal suppositories, girl. Put that in the cooch. The cooch will be hoo-hoo. And what's it like do exactly? Like what is it what's happening there? Oh why oh the reason why it's so fantastic? Oh, it's a muscle relaxant, anti inflammatory, Mm -hmm. uh, neurogenesis, bringing more blood to the situation. It's just doing all kinds of great stuff. And the pain. The main thing is definitely for us is the pain. And then in terms of our mood, we could use some mood regulation, you know, for those of us who have like some PMDD. We could we could use that. So where is there's not a film, like something like that? Where would you purchase something like that? I mean, y'all in New York now, you see y'all just went legal, so boom boom. Um, but like they're literally and almost just about anything can be made into a suppository. So as long as it's not a toxic cream to start off with. I personally love and will always shout out my good friend Ohm Medibles. She's illegal. It's legal. I think Ohm is available in Massachusetts also, besides California and Colorado. Um, I mean, we, we gotta be legal, girl. So right now, if it's not available in the store and <laughs> and right now there's no retail for commercial adult use products for New York. So that's going to have to be on the outside this conversation because we can't, we can't be having, leaving traces of our, of our endeavors. Yeah. So, okay. The block is not <laughs> hot over here. Okay. Not, <laughs> at, not at all. We were asking for the community, the community. Oh yeah. I understand. I definitely understand. But like cannabis that is not going to, I would say definitely if you find a strain and, and, and we're not going into the indica and sativa thing because that is definitely a misnomer. A lot of people, you know, we've gotten trapped in that for a while and now it's, understanding that the terpenes, the the smell of the cannabis is what modulates how our body receives the different cannabinoids. So whereas there are 
what we used to call indica. Oh, indica is going to get you couch locked. You'll be locked out. Well, basically the terpenes that are associated with those fat leaves that were quote unquote indica are, are more likely to promote sedation and relaxation than perhaps something like limonene, which I mean, it, it's limonene is a terpene that you find in limes and lemons and citrus things that might make you feel more up and agitated and, and ready to do things. So it's really up to the, the particular person, you know, and I would tell anyone, I mean, I don't want to sound like a hater to these companies, but I would not buy cannabis that is called stuff like sleep, awake, regenerative or whatever. Like these are states that they're claiming that they're going to bring you to, but everyone who's in cannabis knows that everyone's going to react differently. So, you know, it's like, yeah, it's as with anything. And it's because like one head doesn't fit all. Everybody has. It sure does not. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, that was informative. So audience, you got your answer there. We're all going to like look into certain things. But (laughs) um, so we have this segment called Hashtag Obsessed With. And usually that's our version of like Man Crush Crush Monday, Woman Crush Wednesday. And we just want to know, like, is there anything you're obsessed with? It could be a person, place, a platform, anything you're really digging right now that you want to share. Honestly, 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 I'm obsessed with microdosing right now. Really? Yes, 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 yes. Microdosing right now, again, everybody's different. However, the taking of very, very small amounts of psilocybin or LSD changes people's lives like you would not believe. It's like, it's like, um, girl, it's, it's just like elevating everything by just a little bit more. And all the colors pop just a little bit more. The idea that you can handle it is just a little bit stronger. You know, it's it feels like flow. It just feels like flow. And then when I microdose and skateboard at the same time, oh my gosh. My, I'm glad that I like skate by myself most of the time because I'm screaming. I'm literally screaming as I'm skating about how lucky I am. I am. I know I'm weird. but I'm like, I'm your kidding. life though, your life is just so fascinating. Thank you, Wibbikins. Mm-hmm. All right, so we are going to jump into our fun little game. Delilah, you want to kick us off? Fun yes. game. It's a fun <laughs> game. We always tailor it to our, our guests, make it like cool and just like, you know, break the ice. So this one is called Tell Us Who. So the first one is Tell Us Who Would You Like to Have a Cipher With? If you can choose anybody to be a part of that cipher with you. Does the person have to be alive? No. no. Mm. Oh, I'd have a cipher with Bruce Lee. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that would be dope. I mean, he's he was really wise. I mean, the things that he said. Yeah. Uh, mm. I feel, like, I feel like there wouldn't be a lot of talking, but there would just be moments of like aha uh-huh moments. Like, just I, like I, I bet. I mean, all you gotta, Bruce, you just gotta drop another "Be Like Water" on me. Come on, just drop one more of those. You know, I'll just, you know. So Bruce Lee, for sure. All right. Cool. Um, tell us who would you like to go on vacation with? Like you could take anyone and y'all, y'all just be out. Everything paid for is just come through. Who would that be? Who could I go on vacation with? And it could be like anybody, anybody, anybody. This is your world. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Y'all, y'all putting me on the spot right here, man. Yeah. That's what we want to do. For real. Cause I'm trying to figure out, should it be someone famous or. And the first things, first person that comes to mind. 
that I would go on. Va- I'll go on vacation myself. <laughs> hey, I love solo trips. Hey, so I'm that's love. Like hey, you, like I'm my own best company. <laughs> I'm telling you, girl. I, as long as I have some headphones and some some charge, girl, I could. I find my weed. I'll be good. Nice. All right. <laughs> the next one. Who would you learn the most from? Who would I learn the most from? Uh, probably from someone who I find the most difficult to lord. Um, I would learn the most from. Oh wow! What are these questions? <laughs> For real, we like to get you thinking. You know, like thinking. I think. You know what? I, I don't know that I learned the most from him, but I. I would love to learn from the Dalai Lama how to manage anger and disappointment and manage my emotions in the face of the most anger and disappointment. This dude is like still just smiling at the Chinese government. Like I'm in exit, you know, exile. Everything sucks. But you know what? <laughs> I'm going to smile. What? <laughs> Can I get some of that? Can I get it packaged? That is like the most like unique <laughs> answer. Like I never... I don't never know what's going to come out your mouth, but like. <laughs> I mean, he got some control, restraint, and compassion. That's compassion literally coming out the asshole, so. Great. You're so funny. All right, so here's the next one. Who would you want to play your character in the movie about your life if you had to choose? And it, again, can't be me. It can't be you. It's about you. Yeah. Well, I happen to be looking for an agent, so I'm just letting you know. Um, uh, who could play me? Oh, God, it doesn't even help. I don't know anything about these new fangled new people. But it don't have to be somebody new. It could be it somebody old. Yeah. Oh, it was somebody old, girl. Speak it into existence. Mind you, it wouldn't make any sense, you know, unless you did some CGI or something. But can I get a Viola Davis? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I love her so much. If I could intern with her right now, I would do that. I would live oh, on her floor. Yeah. I love that. Shout out to Viola Davis. We love her. Yeah. All right. So who would you want to watch the sunset or sunrise with? And it could be anyone. The sunset or the sunrise. Whatever you think. Um, early morning sunrise. I do love a good early morning sunrise. Me too, even though I'm not a morning person, but same. But I'm just thinking like like Sheila, I mean Duchess, you lived on you lived on um South Beach. Beach. I know. Like but, you're I, and I'm kinda think, but the thing is that I did all those things by myself. Like as much as me and Nick would chill, that he's not a morning person, so I'd be the person just riding my bike and like, oh look the sunrise. It's mad early. I don't know. I'm just I'm trying to be better about not doing things all the way solo all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, um, hey, if it's you, then it's you. Oh, wait. It, it. I mean, sorry. On the on the sunrise part, it's probably still going to be me. But I will say right now, my favorite person to see sunsets with is my girl, Sarah Jane. I have a good friend named Sarah Jane. She is like, she was like one of the first cannabis uh, models. She's like a super cannabis connoisseur. She's gorgeous. And there's no one in the world who's, palette i trust as much as hers she's that good at identifying different types of hash just from taste wow wow shout out to sarah j <laughs> sarah jane sarah, sarah jane. jane shout out sarah yes. jane mm-hmm. 
All right. So the next question is who who hands down would you take a bid would take a bid for you? No question. Go to jail for me? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, Nick will go to jail for me. Oh, that's your husband. Yeah, Nick will go to jail for me. <laughs> oh, we just kind of be looking at me like, you know, this is some dumb shit, but he wouldn't. <laughs> it would not that. be my mother. My mother already told me. Chila, don't get in any trouble because I am not coming down to the jail for you. <laughs> I was like, oh god. <laughs> yeah, I I fully believe she would leave you there too. Like, she would. So. All right, <clears throat> and our last question in this game. It's so random, but it's a good one. Who okay. would you Who would you write a letter to? And again, this could be anyone, but you would never mail it. Oh, who could I write a letter? Oh. Oh my god! Why are we going all with the like the vulnerability? <laughs> well, hey, you um, started. Well, you opened the podcast being vulnerable. my daddy. I would, and girl, you know my situation's my daddy. I would write a long letter to my daddy. No point in even sending that because you know he would say, "Bugs, let me tell you something." I'm like, "Oh my god, you totally didn't even read the letter. You're about to tell me why the letter's wrong, but you didn't even read the letter." <laughs> <laughs> It would be to my dad. I think, you know, at the same time, and, you know, by the way, you know, that's a therapy type thing. I think I've done similar things like that as it stands, uh, write a letter, set it on fire type shit, you know? So that's probably who. It is therapeutic. Well, thank you. See, that wasn't too painful. No, it wasn't. I didn't even cry, girl. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't know. I'm telling you, I'm like coming into my new self and you just never know when a tear might pop out. I'm like, oh my God, my eye water is falling down. So, you know. Wow. You've really broken this vulnerability barrier. I'm telling you from stoic me all the time, like, do you, do you want me to have an emotion to now? I'm just like, oh, I think I might be feeling things. And I love it here. <laughs> For real. I feel like I might be a cancer or something like that. Oh, Pisces. Oh, oh god. Oh wow. Wow. That got intense. All right. So <laughs> at the beginning of the episode, Delilah introduced you. How would you like to introduce yourself and what should people know and where should they follow you? Sure. Okay. Uh, by the way, thank you for such a wonderful reading of my short bio. I am the Dank Duchess, aka Duchess. I am a hashish consultant and canvas cultivator who wants to. No, I'm see, I messed that all up. Sorry. I am the Dank Duchess, aka Duchess. I am a hashish consultant, cannabis cultivator, and public speaker. I am focused on cannabis, hashish, and psychedelics and how we can live our best lives by taking agency of our own wellness and our paths to our joy. I can be found online at www.thedankduchess.com and on on all relevant social media as The Dank Duchess, T-H-E-D-A-N-K-D-U-C-H-E-S-S. It is my explicit pleasure to be here with you two, and thank you very much. Yeah, you need a podcast. You I need know, to stop right? Like That was so beautiful. <laughs> I felt like that was a radio, like, insert on a radio show, and yeah, you're playing, you're playing games right now. <laughs> Thank you so much. You know, this was such an honor. Um, And there's a lot of knowledge that you have. So we just wanted you to continue shining and paving the way because this is a really big industry and there's so much to learn. And you're one of the great people doing the work. 
Thank you so much for having me. And perhaps if we talk another time, I would love to talk about like what you're really good about and marketing and such like that, because I think there's a, a very good opportunity for those who can tell good stories to really leave their mark in the cannabis industry in a way that has never been seen before. So thank you very much. And I look forward to perhaps speaking with you two again. Yes. And because we are in the month of April, happy early 420 to all. Happy 420. Happy 420. <laughs> and on that note, we're out. Yes. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Non-Corporate Girls Podcast. We're headed back into our nine to five tomorrow, but don't forget your five to nine. I'm Delilah and you can follow me at Miss Delilah C. And I'm Ayana. Follow me at the underscore Aya underscore brand. Don't forget to follow the podcast at Non-Corporate Girls on your favorite streaming platform and sign up to our newsletter to stay in the know. Until next time.